Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to a special edition of The Sea Report coming to you on this Friday evening. I hope everyone is doing well out there. We don't have anyone on Twitch yet, but we'll see if anyone trickles in. Um, so doing a special report today on, um, as you can see, the topic of the episode is uh, who is the Truman National Security Project? Um, and basically, uh, this, uh, this uh, organization of several organizations, um, they seem to be springing up left and right, um, is one of those organizations that we should possibly consider wanting to pay attention to. Now, um, this organization was brought to my attention via Tori Says. If any of you guys follow Tori and her work, um, she mentioned them the other day on the show and so uh, encouraged people to do a bit of digging. And so I did a little bit of digging and I was quite surprised to find the amount of information that I found on this organization. Now, before we get into the like thick of it, um, there's just a couple of things that I'm going to say before we get into it. First of all, welcome to the show. This is uh, the C Report. I am Mr. C. Okay, you guys know that. Go visit us at Cuna Hills Podcast. Awesome. And now, um, now as far as this uh, this um, uh, today's report goes, there's going to be a lot of information that I'm going to be sharing, and it's all going to deal with exactly kind of going into who this organization is, who the people are, some of them in it. Um, actually, I, I should preface this now. I will read every name I come across in this report today, if only just to breathe this name into our consciousness and maybe put a little seedling of light into who these people are because who knows who could hear this broadcast and who might know who some of these people are or maybe be aware of some of the work that they're involved in or some of the things that they do um kind of a way that uh tori had prefaced this organization was one that we're not really all too familiar with when we're talking about the several layers of like the deep state and you know the families and the illuminati and all that stuff all that stuff it's the same thing you know just different labels for it um but all of that uh you know when they talk about who's at the top or the bottom or whatever whatever direction these people are going these days whoever is at the the top of it who are the the top point zero 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 one percent of these people who are actually pulling the strings etc um oh yeah before i go on i do also want to say i didn't have a stroke i <laughs> if my face looks long it's because my uh my um uh, gum has been swollen today and it hasn't been hurting but it has been swollen and tender so i apologize i just realized i look like i have the mumps okay anyway so getting back to what i was saying um so at the very top of these so <clears throat> Throughout the years, we have been introduced to several of these organizations by several different mediums or different outlets of the Patriot Independent Media. I know for one, I was introduced to uh, the Council on Foreign Relations, you know, and Bilderberg and stuff like that. Well, Council on Foreign Relations, I was introduced to uh, G. Edward Griffin and his book, um, Creature and Jekyll Island. That's where I learned about them. I learned about Bilderberg from Alex Jones, you know. I learned about, uh, you know, just all these different things. I learned about... I 
actually learned about the Atlantic Council from Millie Weaver and Tori Sis from their movie Shadowgate. So, and at that time, Atlantic Council was not one. Now, Atlantic Council was one that I had heard of from Alex Jones, but it was skimmed, like skimmed. Like it was mentioned in his movie, the, the, the names came out there, but no, it was all surface. It was all topical. Why do you think that it was topical? Well, I think it might be because perhaps, you know, one of my theories was, and this is just speculation, we don't want to get too much into this before we get off track, but is that, you know, maybe uh, one of his bosses worked on the Atlantic Council. Maybe it was General Jim Jones, or maybe it was his son, or, you know, what have you, or maybe he's just being blackmailed by Ali Akbar. I don't know. That's not the point. The point is, uh, that was, um, those are like, you know, some of the levels of the leadership in this deep state, in this uh, shadow government that once was but is now in the light because now the shadow government is running america by uh you know uh by theft and crook and treason so but we're we're watching them do it like they we're watching the uh supposed government of america run this uh government at this time so we're watching them in the light right now do what they do you know but then the thing is um this other organization this truman national security project they have only been around since 2005, um, which is relatively young in terms of political body organizations speak, you know, um, but they have made quite an influence in that time. Now, it seems like they started as a uh, organization that said there, you know more about America, et cetera. You know the, you know the spiel from these uh, political uh, nonprofit organizations when they start. But they are hard progressive. Like, I, I want to say left, but it's not left. It's hard progressive. They're all about, you know, they're all about, it seems, uh, uh, climate, environment, and climate change. Um, they're all about COVID. They're all about immigration, you know, and, and, and having free immigration for people and stuff like that. They're all about control some of the representatives uh um were saying that were actually pushing in one of the videos that there was a single shooter at las vegas you know and and that uh, if he had had uh, the ability to if he if he had needed to reload that gun more times because there are fewer bullets in his chamber uh, in his magazine or his clip or whatever then there would have been fewer people dead you know but i mean there's evidence to support i've seen videos of multiple shots being fired from different parts of the um uh from different parts of that hotel. They were not just being shot from that window way up there at the top. There were shots being from multiple. I saw the video with my own eyes. Anyways, okay, and I've been to Vegas several times, so I'm very I'm very familiar, especially with that area right there around Mandalay Bay, and I mean, I it was obvious, like I recognize, anyways, okay, so getting back to this. Now, um, there was another thing that uh, Tori had brought to our attention when she first prefaced this group, like there was a lot of lead up to it, and like I said, I'm going to read every name I come across because you guys are going to recognize some of these names, and I'll drop some names now because we love to name drop here, right? No, just kidding. No, it's, <laughs> we don't, I'm sorry, we don't, we don't care, but no, we have Kamala Harris, uh, we have, um, <laughs> there's a really funny one that I was not expecting to come across, but it makes total sense, um, but we'll get to that one at the end of the video, uh, towards the end of this, uh, program, and if we're lucky, it will play, 
because uh, I'm going to try and do a video because if y'all were with me yesterday, there was just uh, terrible technical issues that were going on. But for this, uh, Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> Buttigieg, Buttigieg, whatever his name is, he's another one. Uh, Anthony Blinken has spoken for them. So you're going to see a lot of the cast of characters that are currently involved in the Biden administration as well. There was even one that I was very surprised, and we actually reported this story at the Sea Report, probably one of our first weeks when we were on air, and uh, that was the one with, uh, like this one right here. Boom. Uh, largest threat to U.S. national security are U.S. cops, says Biden's new State Department person. That is Jelena Porter. Well, who would have known that this Jelena Porter is a Truman Fellow? Hmm, they're everywhere, folks. So we're going to really get into it. Now, what I was saying about uh, some of the preface with the Truman thing that Tori had said is she said that they had basically uh, hidden themselves under the name or the guise of Truman because he had Truman Center, Truman National Security Project. It sounds good, you know, and that's uh, that's actually a point that I wanted to also talk about before we get into um, uh, the meat of this, because what we're, what you're going to hear throughout, because I'm going to be, we're going to go through some literature. We're going to go through some, uh, we're not going to go through some video, unfortunately, but we are going to go through some literature. We're going to go through websites. We're going to go through a lot of stuff and look at, really look at these people. Um, and uh, the double speak is what it is. Uh, anytime I think about a black hat or a, a, a shadow government person, a, you know, a, a deep stater, uh, I, I think of how, like, for example, someone like Nancy Pelosi or, or Chuck Schumer or Biden can stand up there and talk about our America and making sure that we defend our country and making sure that we stand for our national security. Who are they talking about? Are they talking about these United States of America that belong to the people who are self-governed and sovereign in a sovereign country as a beacon of freedom for the rest of the world? Or are they talking about their corporate uh, shadow entity that has laid its, you know, a face mask over the face of America, over, over, um, uh, over, what's her face? <laughs> over uh, Colombia, you know what I mean? Like, um, so uh, that's kind of what I'm talking about. You're going to hear a lot of double speak. You're going to hear them saying, well, this is our America. And we're so thankful that you you uh, stood up for our country and, and the America that we know and like stuff like that. You just have to keep in mind that they're not talking about America, America, like, you know, a blood-redded patriots, God-fearing, you know, life-respecting you know, people, you know, they're talking about whatever shadow organization, whatever, whatever organization that they are a part of. And here's the thing that I have found, what I have deduced, I think, the most from doing some research into this information is that when you have, when you have something like Trump derangement syndrome, or you have these people who are really like, like fawning over a certain topic, uh, like Trump, because they were, and they have a lot of examples of it. They had a they had an interactive book on their website that you would have. Something else I learned about this. Something else I learned in this experience. The way way back machine. I always heard people talk about the way way back machine. <laughs> I didn't know it was a real thing. Okay. 
I was like, whoa, that's kind of cool. And so I don't know how to use it yet. I just, I just found it today. I just found it today and I'm very excited, but you would have to go to the way, way back machine for some, some of the things that these people do. You can't see that virtual book anymore. It was a book of like multiple ends from what I understand what I was reading. It had multiple endings of how a Trump presidency could end in a bad way. Um, um, if you followed the course of the book and it was online and interactive on their website and now it's uh, 404, 404, you can't find it anymore, but it was there. They had campaigns against Trump. Like they talk a lot of crap about Trump. They are definitely anti-Trump. Um, uh, people who are also part of their, uh, their fellowship, Iona Presley, you know, and she's one of AOC's harem, you know, and talking about AOC earlier, you know, uh, this organization also reminded me, but they, they did a, they've done a lot more in the time of like the Just Us Democrats. If you guys remember who the Just Us Democrats were or the Justice Democrats, they were, uh, well, it was basically AOC and her clique you know, plus a uh, chunk of y- chunk yogurt from the Young Turks. Um, cannot stand the Young Turks, cannot stand chunk yogurt. Um, I think he funded them or he, uh, he, he donated the money to start that uh, group or organization, the Justice Poets. It was supposed to be their own like party or something like that. But they, you know, but uh, that's kind of like what this reminds me of. But these guys basically, um, they, they, they consider themselves a think do tank. So they're not just a think tank where they're putting in ideas and spitting them out. Uh, These are ideas that they're sending to legislators, to policymakers, to heads of finance, to to heads of military recommendations to, uh, to military and to also other, other um, uh, national security issues. Like these are all at the top. And the way that Tory had put it is that this is more like one of those clubs that's more exclusive. Basically it's another layer under uh, something like the Council on Foreign Relationship uh, Foreign Relations, sorry, or like the Atlantic Council, like those people, the heads of those organizations are invited to this. And indeed, some of the heads of these organizations have spoken also at something like, because uh, the Truman Center uh, is another a factor now. We talk about the Truman National Security Project. They also have the Truman National Project. They have the Truman National Security Council. They have the Truman Center. And they also have something called TruCon that is a four-day event, apparently, where, uh, you know, they have uh, the, the true cons of this world meet up. And uh, it's it's really like it's this is like this is like the church of Hillary Clinton. You know, like this is the church of progressivism and Trump derangement syndrome is what we found. This is the breeding ground. These are the believers. And as we go through all their stuff, you're going to see this is what they believe like they were. OK, let's just let's start. Let's start with this whole double speak idea on Truman. OK, who was President Truman. And then that's what I was seeing because Tori started with an introduction of Truman. I was trying to understand that and, and, and grasp that, like, what was she trying to say? He was a black hat, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I found this article that I found, it was very interesting. So here, let me, let me uh, get Truman on the board for you. <laughs> he has become death. Oh my God. I'm sorry. That was Oppenheimer, not Truman. Um, let's see. Let's see. Bam. 
Truman. All right. So this was an interesting article I found on Truman, a national security council. Now, again, the double speak, because you're going to have uh, you're going to search a Truman National Security Council. And all you're going to find is even in DuckDuckGo, all you're going to find is Truman, uh, President Truman and the National Security Council, NSC, um, and maybe some of the National Security Council memos or memorandums from that time, like in the 1940s, 1950s and 60s. That's what you'll find initially. And then eventually, as you get into um, actually uh, exploring the topic, you'll find more on the Truman, the current National Security Council or Truman National Security Project. So this article says um, the Truman administration, 1947 to 53, the National Security Council was created by public law 80-253, approved July 26, 1947, as part of a general reorganization of the U.S. national security apparatus. The function of the NSC, as outlined in the 1947 Act, was to advise the president on an integration of domestic, foreign, and military policies relating to domestic, foreign, and military policies relating to national security and to facilitate interagency cooperation. <laughs> At the president's direction, the NSC could also assess and appraise risks to U.S. national security, consider policies, and then report or make recommendations to the president. In his retirement, the president, uh, Truman, denied any responsibility for cloak and dagger operations, but it was during his presidency that covert intelligence operations in support of foreign policy objectives um, was undertaken on an even broader scale. The NSC's first action, NSC-11, authorized covert action in the Italian elections. So it seems to me that the Truman National Project may indeed just be following in the footsteps of uh, their namesake, according to this article. Um, the formal institutional, uh, the formal institutionalization of covert actions was established as NSC4, National Security Council Memorandum Number 4, in December 1947, and National Security Council Memorandum 10-2 of June 1948. In 1949, events reinforced the need for better coordination for national security policy. NATO was formed. Military assistance for Europe was begun. The Soviet Union detonated a, an atomic bomb and the communists gained control in China. The Department of State seized the opportunity to review U.S. strategic policy and military programs. State won approval of an ad hoc interdepartmental committee under its policy planning head, Paul Nietzsche. Their report, NSC 68, was planning, uh, was submitted directly to Truman in February 1950. An NSC committee authorized to consider coast, uh, costs and broader implications of NSC 68 began its work, but before it could be completed, the Korean War broke out. So, I find this very, very, very interesting. And what they're doing now, this Truman National Security Project, they just had a meeting this month. <laughs> um, I was very, very interested to see some of the people who were playing with them. And the <laughs> there's some videos I want to show you guys so bad. Um, okay, we'll see, if, we'll see if it plays. If it plays, we're lucky. Um, okay, let me kill Truman because he's off. 
we're not, we don't need him anymore. Okay, Truman National Project. Okay, so um, <laughs> you see here what they're doing now with this Truman National Project um, is it's it's almost like it's coming full circle. It's circle back sake, you know, like with this whole Truman thing because what they are doing right now, what they just met on, is exactly what this is saying. They are planning to revamp the State Department. Like, they have this whole 55-page booklet I read um, about what they're planning to do. And, it, the I mean, really, okay, the most of the, most of this booklet, this, this... And, you know, you do want to know who wasted their time on this? Do you want to know who my taxpayer dollars went to so this fool could waste his time writing this crap because most of this booklet that these guys did about reinventing and and re renewing the face of the state department is all snowflake bleeding heart junk like it's all that it's all about you know being fair and it's all about race and it's all about gender so good job joaquin castro you did great we're glad to know that you're working with the truman fellowship you know joaquin at least we know your number now at least we know your score and man if i, I if i could play that video that i saw of you geez okay so all right now let's keep now now one other thing uh, also again with these Truman peoples yes uh, total anti-Trump rhetoric total it's they're just this total progressive bleh, like it's it's a mess but they are embedded in almost everything they've got military they've got politicians they've got lobbyists they've got uh they've got media people uh there was a dan delucy of nbc who's uh doing a, a story on vinman um anyways so <laughs> i said the name oh my god that was so funny okay it is it is hilarious guys but you know who the you know who the cream of the crop is here right the the true cream of the crop the la the 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 best name to drop of course is hunter biden um hunter biden was at the top of this organization for a time we'll get into that shortly okay so let's look more at this organization now we're going to peer into this let's look a little bit about these guys let's look into uh this let's read this page first here okay so this is their mission the truman national security project at truman we we bring together national security leaders who understand that as engaged america is stronger than america alone we are committed to making the national security establishment more representative of america's diversity and to de demonstrating the links between the challenges we face at home and abroad through our activities and publications we demonstrate the connections between domestic and foreign policy imperatives just as the problems of climate change, economic inequality, and disinformation are transnational, so are the solutions. We identify, train, and position leaders across America who share this worldview. Notice, we identify, train, and position leaders across America who, I, who share this worldview. We take diversity seriously. Truman is committed to developing a national security workforce representative 
of our country. Our demographics, like our approaches, reflect that commitment. Oh, it sounds so nice, don't it? Look at, there's a picture of Truman right there in the middle. He looks like, to me, he looks like, uh, I don't know, a sinister El Diablo type figure, wickedly smiling at some, I don't know. That's a creepy, that's a creepy statue. That's a creepy statue right there. Anyway, so that's some of that on them. Uh, let's get the Truman Center over here. Uh, the Truman Center. Truman is a nationwide membership of diverse leaders inspired to serve in the aftermath of 9-11 and committed to shaping and advocating for tough, smart national security solutions. We are united in the belief that America is strongest when we stand with our allies to lead, support, and defend a growing global community of free people and just societies. Our community includes more than 1,700 post-9-11 veterans, frontline civilians, policy experts, and political professionals who share a common vision of U.S. leadership abroad and uh, hail from 16 chapters and 47 different states across the nation. We believe that America is at its best when we use all the tools in our toolbox, diplomacy, defense, development, and democracy promotion. Truman Center for National Policy, along with our sister organization, Truman National Security Project, identifies, trains, and positions leaders across America who share this worldview. We bring our members together with our partners and advisors to deliver concrete solutions to pressing global challenges for leaders at local, state, and national levels, and we coordinate their action nationwide to shape the debate fight for policy change and support rising leaders who share our values. These guys are basically a clearinghouse. They're basically they're basically a factory for what they're pumping in. And now what you're going to see, because like I said, this is a think-do tank, a very very progressive. Did they say it's transatlantic? You better believe they voted for TPP. You better believe these people want climate change um, uh, mandates on all of us. You better believe they want to they charge us for breathing. They want to tax us for breathing and farting, you better believe these people are coming for us, okay? These guys are coming for us. They're the ones who are setting all the policies. They're the ones, I mean, they're actually pushing this Asian race hate crime that's going on right now. You know what I mean? They're actually pushing uh, the racism issue. Like a lot of their literature, a lot of their inner documents, a lot of the stuff that they share amongst their own members is the same thing. It's all about race. It's all about equality. It's all about all of that stuff that causes division. You know, um, so that's a, that's a, that's a little bit about what, what these guys are up to as far as that goes in the about section. Now, this was actually, um, about TrueCon at our fully online TrueCon 2020 members heard from national security advisor, Jake Sullivan about what a Biden administration foreign policy would look like. And from re retired uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. You guys remember Alexander Vindman? I mean, we have Jake Sullivan, who is what? Uh, Hillary Clinton's advisor. I think he might be advising Biden right now. Uh, he's deep state snake, not related to, uh, John Sullivan. That's Kevin, uh, the father of, uh, got the name. I got the name of, took a minute. That was, a. Uh, John Sullivan and James Sullivan's dad is uh, Kevin J. Sullivan, a retired uh, Air Force general, I think. But anyways, uh, this guy's uh, this guy's someone else, Jake Sullivan, and then L Lieutenant Colonel Vinman. That's the that's the that's the moron. <laughs> 
that's the moron that got his ass saved by Adam Schiff when Adam Schiff had to tell him not to name uh, the CIA, the CIA agency, whoops, not to name the agency <laughs> that, not to name the agency that, uh, he had, he had, he had reported about Trump's phone call to, huh? What was that about, right? Um, I actually wanted to play that clip later on. We'll see if it plays. It's, it's, you got to see it. This guy is such an idiot. He's such a, he's such a, a weasel. Vindman is nothing but a weasel. And yet these guys gave him an award anyways. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. It says they also heard from Senator Chris Murphy, a Democrat of Connecticut and representative Joaquin Castro, Democrat of Texas about the need to reform the state department and from experts in immigration reform disinformation and clean energy you see they've got the progressive agenda these guys this is what they're all about and you'll find that most of these people are in office now they had something like 30 plus people get elected into office this past round like i know that's something the justice democrats was wanting to do and they didn't exactly get to do but they did uh, these guys did. So they've been quite successful. So let's get into some of the controversy with these guys. Oh, you know what? No, let's look at this. Okay. So here's an example. Um, this, uh, here's an example of some of their policies, some of the things that they're looking at doing. Um, let me see here. Now this is, um, this is March, 2021. So this is from the meeting they just had. This is from TrueCon 2021. (laughs) Transforming state. This is what they're planning to do. Transforming state pathways to a more just, equitable and innovative institution. So I went through this. I highlighted some things. We'll, we'll read some points out of it, but, um, what I was thinking the entire time that I was reading this and what so fits with the article that I started with about Harry Truman president and, and this whole covert and, and this whole changing uh, the state department and stuff like that. Like this is, this is their goal now, you know, this is what they're working towards now. It, it, they're revamping the state department and it kind of made me think that this, these are, Indeed, the new gods, um, as much as I hate to say it, but uh, that's what they're trying to do. Uh, It's what they're trying to do. So the co-chairs on this article, like I said, I'm going to read names, guys. Uh, We got Ambassador Gina Abercrombie Winstanley. Oh, man. She looks like a Skeksis. Um, We have Representative Joaquin Castro, the panty boy himself. Senator Chris Murphy, a letter from CEO and president of the Truman Center for National Policy, Jenna Ben Yehuda, Jenna Ben Yehuda, what a name, right? Okay, so let's see here. Okay, about this uh, Truman Center for National Policy. Okay, so I want to start getting into some of this. It says, Truman is a nationwide membership of diverse leaders united in the belief that America is strongest when we stand with our allies to lead, support, and defend. 
a growing global community of free people and just societies. Those responsibilities begin at home and extend across the world. Together, we unite across geography and industry behind common tools and principles, support each other in building new solutions to emerging challenges, and lead the way by thought and example. Our community includes more than 2,000 veterans, frontline civilian, nonprofit, and private sector leaders, policy experts, and political professionals who share a common vision of U.S. leadership. We believe that America is at its best when we use all the tools in our toolbox, diplomacy, defense, development, and democracy promotion. Truman Center for National Policy, along with our sister program organization, Truman Center for National Project, Truman National Security Project identifies, trains, and positions leaders across America. We bring our members together with our partners and advisors to deliver concrete solutions to pressing global challenges for local, state, and federal leaders. We coordinate their action nationwide across 16 chapters to shape debate. Okay, and it does say that the Truman Center for National Policy as of this time is a 501c3 tax-exempt nonprofit organization. Here are some of the task force members. Let's see if they want to smile for the camera. Now, I guess these people would be the ones that you'll find within the pages of this booklet. So we have uh, Jesse Bernstein, Alexander Chandler, Jason Coleman, Adam M. Cooper, Razi Hashmi, Hamad Hamad, Sarah Gardiner, Amy Dom, Mariam Safi, Wes Reiser, uh, Sophia Korak, Hanson Mack, Shalina Hassan Morgan, Kulad Kandil, Laura Miller, Kim McClure, David Mandel Anthony, David Lindstrom, Greg Pardo, Blake Peterson, Laurel, Rep- Laurel Rapp, um, uh, Laurel, Chris Richardson, Sushita Sharma, Elizabeth Shelkford, Jimmy Santos, Rachel Rizzo, uh, Christina Teagleman, T- uh, and uh, Heather Wild Gonzalez Rubio, Victor Marsh, and Kimberly Olson. Uh, that's some of the people working there. So, hello, hello, hello. Uh, let's see. The executive summary says, To meet the challenges of the 21st century, America's lead foreign affairs agency needs a transformation. As the world watched domestic extremists breach the Capitol building, waving Confederate flags, terrorizing legislators, and threatening the very foundation of our democracy, the timing couldn't be more urgent. We have a once-in-a-generation opportunity to remake the State Department into an institution that leads by the power of example. We can course-correct centuries of systemic injustice by laying the foundation for a department grounded in equity, welcoming all of America's rich diversity, and inclusive diplomatic cores that champions uh, innovation is essential to advancing core national security interests, ranging from the pandemic to climate change, to attacks on democracy at home and abroad. And they always use the cover of democracy. There have been many attempts over decades, to reform the State Department. This is the first such effort, led by mid-career voices from a diverse range of lived lived experiences across areas such as race, gender, religion, ability, and sexual orientation. This task force report, Transforming the State Department into a more just, equitable, and innovative institution, digs deep into root causes for why previous reform efforts have fallen short and provides concrete blah 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 blah. So that's uh that's like the outline of what they're looking at here, clearly. Okay, so 
All right. Uh, here's another one I fall. Let's see. Broadening diplomatic engagement across America. Now, this is what I thought was interesting, too, because like we've talked about before, we can't just be focused on the federal. We can't just be focused on the big game. You know what I mean? Like, it has to go back to the local level. Like, that's where the house needs to be taken care of first. They understand that as well. These people at the Truman Center Task Force understand that as well. Broadening diplomatic engagement across America. Pillar three, increasing linkages to states and cities, innovation hubs, and Capitol Hill. Mayors and governors are first responders to national security priorities like climate change, countering extremism, trade and investment, and pandemic recovery and response. The State Department should establish an office of state and local diplomacy to serve as the connective tissue between state and local officials, American communities, and U.S. foreign policy. The State Department should also create an office of innovation diplomacy to better connect innovation hubs across the U.S. to counterparts overseas. In addition, the State Department should explore more proactive engagement opportunities with Congress through the expansion of the Pearson Fellowship Program and the assignment of more civil and foreign services, uh, service officers to State Department legislative bureaus, House and uh, Senate liaison offices. So they understand it, too. It's going to have to be at the local level. That's where they're they're trying to get each other. And the thing that you'll find more and more in this literature is these are recommendations. This is their game plan. This is what they're going to do. They're telling them what they should do, etc., etc. Later on, it says stuff like um, make sure that you leave money for this and give money for that because all of their people, they pick up this booklet and I'm sure you, if you're a lawyer, you do this, highlight this part of the booklet for you. If you're a politician and you make these laws, highlight this part of the booklet for you. If you're in the media and you do this, highlight this part of the booklet for you. So this way you know your talking points, you know what you're supposed to do. The whole game plan for the whole team is here. If you know the part that you play, you just read it and look at it and, and find out what you got to do. Um, let's see, there's a little bit more. Uh, oh wait, uh, and I only highlight some of the things I thought were kind of interesting policy because a lot of it is this, a lot of it is the same. A lot of the report is just bleeding heart, wah wah, snowflake junk. It's just bleeding heart crap. It's just like you know, if you were kicked out of the State Department in the fifties because you were black or something like that, and it's just and a lot of it's oh my experience as a transgender person in the State Department, you know, like uh, stuff like that. I mean, it's so inclusive, right? <coughs> Anyways, uh, acknowledging the past policymakers, given its long documented history of structural bias and discrimination, particularly against people of color, women, naturalized Americans, members of the LGBT plus community, religious minorities, employees with disabilities, and other marginalized employees from protected classes, the department should consider A, making public the result of internal assessments regarding the origin and impact of past discriminatory actions and systems, B, issuing a formal written apology to all those impacted by the practice of the past. Like, this is ridiculous crap. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, ridiculous. Like, and, and they're taking the whole nomenclature the whole uh, vernacular of this sissy wussy snowflake um, PC crap and they're putting it into the State Department kind of like they did with the military recently and all of the armed forces but to this people to the point of the Truman Project these are their workers they're not just trying to change the policy these are their players and they're also these are their players who are not just writing and talking about policy and political theory they're actually getting in there they're actually they are actually actually getting elected is scary okay and even if it's even if it's a fake election even if it's rigged 
they're getting into office. Prioritizing mental health. Uh, something about launching a tax force. In the interest of time, I'll skip that one. Let me just see what else I have here. See, this is another example. The State Department's Reckoning on Race. Chris Richardson, former Department, U.S. Department of State and Foreign Service Office. Look, someone involved in the State Department. Hello? Okay. Moving right along. What was the last thing I had highlighted? A lot of it, like, it breaks down to, like, legislature's <laughs> journey to survive to advocate against sexual harassment. Reimagining a more inclusive and innovative ecosystem. Most of this is just progressive stuff. Progressive, progressive, progressive. Oh, look what I got here. Uh, legislators expand budget to support the foreign service to increase diplomatic bandwidth, skill, and capacity to meet needs of the 21st century. Amend the Civil Service Act to ensure safeguards against the erosion of federal workforce protections through the creation or amendment of accepted services, such as the recently rescinded Schedule F proposal. So, like, they're they're also um, they're also delegating policy as well. Commit to staffing at least 75% of all Senate-confirmed positions domestically and abroad with career officials. Efforts to improve diversity in senior leadership positions should prioritize considering current senior foreign service and senior executive services members from underrepresented groups before nominating outside appointees. Ensure political appointees who recently burrowed into career positions are identified and objectively reviewed for qualifications. Consider termination whenever warranted. Pass legislation to ensure the recently rescinded executive order EO13957 creating Schedule F in the civil services cannot be reinstated in the future. Appropriate, fun, appropriate funds to increase hiring for both the foreign service and civil service, including more A- uh, dash 100 classes, the introductory training uh, for incoming foreign service officers to expedite. So yeah, they'll they'll also be pointing out where the money should be going to, um, and all that kind of stuff. There was something else I found also very alarming too when I was going through a lot of this, and they're planning on reinstating a type of like brown shirt type of youth thing in America. We'll uh, we'll talk about that in just a sec. Uh, I can tell this is going to be a long broadcast. No, we got, uh, we still got time. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, there's just so much interesting stuff. To, there was so much information on this group. I was actually quite surprised that they're so public. Like they have all of their documentation public. And and all of these people, You, I mean, forget how it sounds. These people, you know who they are. Um, in public confirmation hearing, okay, legislators, in public confirmation hearings, or questions for the record for ambassadors and assistant secretary nominees, senators should hold leaders accountable to their records on promoting diversity by consistently asking nominees a question for the record related to underrepresented groups, such as, has this post or bureau reached or exceeded the U.S. population parity for insert unrepresented group yet? And if not, why not? 
Please provide the most current demographic statistics for the number of candidates who bid, were interviewed, shortlisted, and selected for positions during the foreign service bidding process in your bureau and discuss how you will lead the bureau. See, like, do you see what they're pushing here? Like, even in, in hearings, uh, confirmation hearings and stuff like that, like, they're making that their top issue? Like, it's insane. The State Department should hire additional full-time professional recruiters beyond the six recruiter positions currently serving the entire agency to systematically and equitably source candidates from diverse educational backgrounds. The State Department should broaden the existing range of fellowship programs and recruit or diverse talent. Uh, the State Department should make publicly available to Congress the findings of its most recent external evaluations of the Foreign Service recruitment and exam process to expanding transparent dialogue around whether the process suitably supports the Department in addressing 21st century challenges. Oh, Congress should make available to the State... The State Department should make available to You know why the State Department... Do you know why the State Department should make it available to Congress? They should make it available to Congress because there are members of Congress who are Truman Fellows. Congress should an app uh, appropriate more funds, yada, yada, yada. Um, okay, we're almost done with this. Uh, let me make sure there was not one, one or two more good points to really cultivating. It's all diversity, racism, genderism, etc. Oh, yeah. Establishing an office of state and local diplomacy. The state should establish an office of state and local diplomacy that is led by an ambassador at large for state and local diplomacy and housed in the secretary secretary's office of global partnership. So they're they're going local. Reintroduce and pass the city and state diplomacy act. Um, let's see here. What else do we got in hiring personal? Uh, OK, I'm sure I highlighted it for a reason, but uh there's just so much and there's so many things in, in this document. Yeah. Okay. So let me close this guy out. Boom. Uh-huh. Okay. So here's, uh, here's, we're going to name some more names. Here's another interesting document that I found. Uh, this one is a letter. Now this letter is signed by several individuals. Let's see what this letter has to say. It says, dear president Trump and vice president Biden. We write as Americans committed to our country's national security to share our support of dramatically expanding national service and an effort to strengthen American democracy. Each of us has served. Now, this is a letter about national service. Okay. Um, we are... Okay. Let me see if I can get to it. Okay. That's why we are calling on you to commit to expanding national service. One of you will be tasked with confronting the health, economic, and educational crises we are facing come January. Fortunately, young people are already on the ground serving in communities across the country and helping to address these issues. They're supporting public health workers in hospitals and clinics, mentoring and tutoring students while providing teachers with extra support in their virtual classroom, and staffing food banks to combat food insecurity, all while building skills and experience that put them on a pathway to employment. Okay, yes, I'm going to go and uh, build my skills and build my experience working at a food bank, right? <laughs> Jeez, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty top of the line. That's like a pretty top of the line. <laughs> type of job there like god do you think i really want that yeah anyways so okay so let's see here what else we got 
um, expanding national service. So, okay. So it says uh, expanding national service. So every young person in America has the opportunity to serve. This is going to be forced is what they were looking at. I wonder if they're going to get away with it. I think if Biden or Kamala end up staying in office long, you know, longer, uh, this is something that we may actually see. Under Obama, they had talked about doing a kind of brown shirt, Nazi kind of youth type of thing. That's always been the idea. And now we see the Truman National Project or Truman National Security Project, Truman Center. They are pushing this idea. Expanding national service so every young person in America has the opportunity to serve, to put their differences aside and be part of the solution of these issues, is the first step towards rebuilding our frayed and polarized society. Empowering young people with the chance to turn their idealism into action will not only strengthen our democracy, but build a safer, more equitable um, and more resilient America in which everyone feels a sense of responsibility for keeping our country strong. We encourage that you uh, to build and sustain the most equitable and impactful system of national service possible so that young people of all backgrounds are able to serve at home or abroad. The Serve America Together campaign's policy platform includes helpful recommendations for making national service, including civilian military and public service, a common expectation and opportunity for every young American. We call on you both to commit to prioritizing a significant expansion of national service in an effort to build a more secure American future, should you be elected to serve as president. Okay, so who are some of the people that signed this document? Dr. Mary L. Alexander, Lieutenant Colonel, retired. U.S. Air Force and retired administrator, Mississippi State, uh, Omar Al-Nadawi, fellow Truman National Security Project, uh, Edward T. Allard III, former Deputy Director, United States Selective Service System, the Honorable Michael A. Akuri, former member of Congress, Steve Barney, former Commissioner, National Commissioner on Military, National and Public Service, Alexander Bell, former State Department Senior Advisor, Return Peace Course Volunteer, Olga Belagolova. <laughs> Olga Belagolova, fellow Truman National Security Council. Glenn Blomhorst, President and CEO, National Peace Corps Association. Barrett Y. Bogue, President and Founder, Evocati. Michael Breen, President and CEO, Human Rights First. Michael Breen was also the President and CEO of the Truman National Security Project. Eric Brine, Truman National Security Project Defense Council. Mary Beth Bruggerman, President, the Mission Continues, United States Navy Veteran. Jeremy Butler, CEO of IAVA, or IAVA. I'm sorry, my eyes are getting cloudy. David W. Calloway, M.D., MPA, Chief Medical Officer. Um, the Honorable Christopher Carney, former member of Congress. Charlotte Clymer, Jesse Colvin, CEO, Service Year Alliance. Adam Koritz, AmeriCorps Alum. Susan Cork, German Marshall Fund. Christopher P. Costa, former Special Assistant to President of Counterterrorism. Adam M. Cooper, fellow Truman National Security Project. Betty Kremens, AmeriCorps National Direct, R.B. Dalton III, former Senate Military Legislative Assistant, Richard Danzig, former Secretary of the United States, the Honorable Dr. Janine Davidson, uh, former Under Secretary of the United States Navy, Isaac Egan, 
Um, let's see. United States Army veteran Mark, PhD. Okay, and the list goes on. Uh, fellow Truman people uh, like Sherry Hakimi and uh, more. Eli Jacobs. And these people are pretty much everywhere. Andy Kopp, Tyna Corks. Um, let's see here. Quite a bit of people. So you can see they also want to push for a, um, they want to push for a national service for the youth. And I wonder what they consider young people, I guess up until 35 now, huh? I guess I just barely escaped that one. All right. So we're right about to be at the top of the hour and we're about to get into some of the juicy stuff. So basically all of that was more of a lead into what they do, what the organization is, what it does, its form, some of its functions. Um, I'll show you here real quick before we get in because you're going to see this eventually anyways. Um, let's see right here. Uh, they have a YouTube page. So you can actually see a lot of their stuff here. Um, the Truman Project, the videos, uh, this is their, that's their present there, that Yehuda lady, she, ugh, I don't know, there's something. When I look at, I've looked at a lot of these videos um, here, and there's something off about some of these people, like the Yehuda lady, there's something really off about her. She's the president of the Truman uh, National Security Project currently. Um, there's an interview in here also with uh, Joaquin Castro. Um, it, I'm not going to show that one to you, but oh, I think I, I'm going to try and play this one. Let's see if this one, I like this one. I think this is actually a good video. <laughs> I think you might like it too, if it plays. If it doesn't play, don't blame me, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. I think I'd get very, along very well with Vladimir Putin. I just think so. People say, what do you mean? I think I'd get along well with him. Interestingly, I owe the Miss Universe pageant. We just left Moscow. He could not have been nicer. He was so nice and so everything. But you have to give him credit. Oh, it sucks to have a buffer on a two-minute video, right? Oh, okay. All right, I'm not going to waste the time. What he's doing for that country in terms of their world prestige. I'm not going to waste Hill's time. It's a great video. If he says great things about me, I'm going to say great things about him. I've already said he is really very much of a leader. I mean, you can say, oh, isn't that a terrible thing? He called me, the man has very strong control over a country. When people call you brilliant, it's always good, especially when the person heads up Russia. Yeah. Well, I mean, he also is a person that kills journalists, political al I mean, political opponents, and uh, invades countries. And invades countries. Obviously, uh, that uh, would be a concern, would it not? He's running this country, and at least he's a leader. I mean, look, he's done a very brilliant job in terms of what he represents and who he's representing. If you look at what he's done with Syria, if you look at so many of the different things, he has really eaten our president's lunch, looks like Kara says. 
so smart when you see the riots in a country because they're hurting the Russians. Okay, we'll go and take it out. He's really going step by step by step. And you have to give him a lot of credit. I mean, yeah, it was, it was very nice. He said great things. He even called me brilliant. Isn't that nice? You said that was an honor. But of course it's an honor. It's a joke. A lot of killers. You know, a lot of killers. Why well, you think our country's so innocent? Well, he does have an eighty-two percent of. Nah, it's so great. He's not going into Ukraine. Okay, just so you understand, he's not going to go into Ukraine. All right, you can mark it down. You can put it down. You can take it anywhere. Well, he's already there. Isn't it? Okay. Well. In all fairness to Putin, you're saying he killed people. I haven't seen that. I don't know that he has. Have you been able to prove that? Do you know the names of the reporters? That he's killed because I've been, you know. He's got him there. You know, you've been hearing this, but I haven't seen the name. Russia should be in this meeting. Why are we having a meeting without Russia being in the meeting? I believe that President Putin really feels, and he feels strongly, that he did not meddle in our election. Success! We got to play a video. Okay, because we were having really hard times yesterday. Okay, I guess I just have to keep it small. Okay, now I like that video, even though it's from the Truman Project, and obviously their whole point was that Trump was easy on Putin, and Putin's a bad guy because these are the progressives. These are the guys that are coming at you, and these are the guys that are setting the policy and putting their people into it. They run a think-do tank. They don't just think political theory and legislation. They put their people into office. They are think and a do tank. So that's uh, that's just an example of some of what they do. And like I said now earlier, I was talking about Joaquin Castro before we got to President Trump. They had an interview with him where he had recently spoken with them, and like I just previously showed um he was part of uh the process of that publication that they did at their true con 2021 that just happened a couple of days ago i guess because that was it was march 2021 and so and that you saw how they're trying to reinvent and revamp the state department in their image and take it over and all of that good stuff so um that's just an example. I just want to show you guys the uh, website uh, here. That is uh, the YouTube page where you can see some more of the people and kind of get to know them um, a little bit more because they're a very open organization. They've got everything out there. Okay. So as I was saying, um, so the, the, one of the names that we had to drop with this was actually Hunter Biden. Yes, Hunter Biden is tied to the Truman National Security Project. Um, this article I'd found in regards to that, he actually made his way up to the top of the organization as a CEO um, at the time, at the same time as Michael Green was the president. I think they're buddies. If I'm not mistaken, they might actually have worked together on Burisma as well. And you'll see that there's more there's that's tied into this, too. So turn the corner and we find yet another swampy organization. Uh, this uh, article is written by Denise Simon, um, where Hunter Biden had a parking space called the Truman National Security Project. This outfit is really a left-leaning organization uh, founded by Rachel Kleinfeld, who is also a senior fellow at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. So, yep, we have Carnegie involved here as well. The roster of young Truman Fellows in high places include Matt Spence, um, who co-founded Truman with Kleinfeld and is now a senior um, 
aide to Obama's national security advisor, Tom Donilon, and Eric Lesser, who, until he left for Harvard Law this summer, worked in the White House. First as David Axelrod's right-hand man, and then as director of strategic planning for the Council um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, for the Council of Economic Advisors. He also organized the annual White House Cedar. Um, others have worked in the Department of Homeland Security, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and Committee on Foreign Affairs, and the Pentagon offices of the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. There are journalists like Patrick Radin Keefe, the analyst bloggers like Micah Zemko of the Council on Foreign Relations, and there are people like Liz McNally, a West Point graduate and Rhodes Scholar who worked as a speechwriter for General David Petraeus in Iraq, and who in August wound up on the cover of Time magazine under the headline, The New Greatest Generation, More Context and Detail. Okay, so now back to Hunter. In 2011, two years into his father's term as vice president, Hunter Biden was appointed by the Truman National Security Project, a left-leaning foreign policy network, and I think this is from another article, I'm sorry, um, to its board of directors. The younger Biden was, at the time, one of just six members of the governing board, where he served alongside the organization's founder and CEO, Rachel Kleinfeld, and a handful of corporate uh, leaders. He had no obvious qualifications for the position. As the Truman Project expanded, Democrat national security heavyweights, including Jake Sullivan, again, no relation to John Sullivan, that's Kevin J. Sullivan is his dad, the retired U.S. Air Force uh, general, I believe. Hillary Clinton's foreign policy guru who ran the Department of Policy Planning during her tenure at Foggy Bottom. Matthew Spence, a Defense Department veteran who served as a senior aide to Obama, National Security Advisor Tom Donilon, and Steve Israel, the former Democrat congressman and head of the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee, eventually joined Biden on the board. So you see all these people who are joining Biden on the Truman Project, and you see all the ties. We're talking heads of national security. We're talking heads of the military, heads of the State Department. A cached version of the organization's website shows that Biden rose to the position of vice chairman of the board, serving there until at least March of 2019. It is not clear precisely when or why Biden stepped down from the board and the Trump project, uh, the Truman project, did not respond to requests for comment. But during his tenure on the board, according to The New Yorker, he was in and out of drug rehabilitation facilities several times and in 2014 joined the board of the Ukrainian um, Ukrainian gas giant Burisma and was discharged from the U.S. Navy after he failed a drug test. He later claimed that cigarettes he had smoked outside a bar may have been, unbeknownst to him, laced with cocaine. Founded into, that's not what the photos say! Founded in 2004 by Kleinfeld, a Yale University graduate and Rhodes Scholar, the Truman National Security Project was intended to mirror conservative think tanks like the Heritage Foundation and the American Enterprise Institute. Funded by the Plowshares Fund... The organization awards dozens of fellowships every year and aims to mentor a new generation of Democrat foreign policy leaders. I think this is key, y'all. The Truman National Security Project, funded by Plowshares Fund. So get your pen out and write that down. <laughs> Plowshares 
fund. Who's the plowshares fund? Because the Truman, and even though Truman has the Truman National Security Council, the Truman National Security Project, the Truman National Project, and the Truman Center, they're a 501c3, and they don't claim to have a lot of money. But they have all of these heads, all of these important people, and they're backed by this uh, plowshares fund. Oh, here's an interesting sidebar. The Plowshares Fund was a major funder promoting the Iran nuclear deal. Do y'all remember about the Iran nuclear deal? That's where we sent pallets of cash, Obama did, to Iran. Um, and there was some uh, nuclear deal going on with that. Okay, so they are supporters of that, making sure we get Iran all that money. And I'm sure that they were pretty cool with uh, Biden releasing all billions of Iranian money over in Yemen and uh, three other countries um, that had current that had been frozen by the Trump administration but now it's free so it's out there thing I'm sure they are fine with this the plowshares people um, and remember Lil Ben Rhodes oh Ben Rhodes of the Obama White House later joined plowshares I do remember the name Ben Rhodes very much so <clears throat> Kleinfeld, who left the organization in 2013 and now serves as a senior fellow at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, did not respond to a request for comment. The Truman National Security Project did not return multiple requests for comment. A lawyer for Hunter Biden did not respond to a request for comment. A spokeswoman for John P. Discroll, Disc, Driscoll, now this name will come up a bit, John P. Driscoll, Get Japan out. <laughs> the chairman of the board of the Truman National Security Project did not respond to a series of questions, including why Biden was appointed to the board and when he stepped down from the position. Kleinfeld has, however, written about her deep concern about corruption in Ukraine, writing in 2014, the year Biden joined Burisma's board, that Iraq's fall on the heels of Ukraine's collapse should be compelling, curbing corruptions before a corruption before its tip into Kalashnikov carrying rebels and public crucifixions is good security policy, and we need to get better at it. Um, Biden was appointed to Burisma board as the oil and gas giant faced a slew of corporation, uh, corruption investigations involving its owner, Mikhail Zhukovsky, uh, and I know I said that wrong, you name wrong, Zelikovsky, thank you, who was facing a money laundering investigation. During Biden's time on the board of the Truman Project, the organization joined a network of other left-leaning national security-oriented outlets with which it is closely linked, decried the Trump administration's foreign policy initiatives, and called for the resignation of Attorney General William Barr. Defend America Pro uh, Dem Defend American Democracy, which identifies the Truman National Security Project as a partner organization, ran a national ad urging Americans to hold the president accountable for abusing his office and risking national security for his own gain. So that entire storyline that we heard about, oh, he just wants uh, he just wants uh, this office for his own gain so he can enrich himself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It came from these guys. Did you see that? That whole storyline came from these guys. I'm telling you, this is the Church of Hillary Clinton. This is the Church of Hillary Clinton and Trump derangement syndrome. These are the believers. This is the echo chamber. This is where they go and they circle jerk each other off to hating Trump. And these are the people. 
We're talking about the people. You want us to know who they are? This is them. This is one of their roots. This is one of their hubs. This is one of their, 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 this is one of their, their, I don't know, their nests, you know, the, the, one of the nests of the rats, the snakes, the vipers den. And this is one of them. Okay. We're finding some root here. Okay. So, all right. Now, Biden wasn't the organization's only connection to Burisma. Throughout his tenure on the board, he sat alongside Sally Painter, the chief operating officer of the Washington, D.C. lobbying firm Blue Star Strategies, which was hired by Burisma to improve the company's image in the United States. Um, a November Wall Street Journal reporter detailed how Painter's colleague Karen Tramontano used Biden's name and an effort to secure meetings with senior State Department officials through the paper, though the paper said it was not clear whether the younger Mr. Biden knew his name was being used by Blue Star in its contacts with State Department officials. Um, let's see here. While it is unclear when exactly Breesma retained Blue Star Strategies, Biden and Painter were serving together on the Truman Board while Blue Star was working for Burisma. As a tax-exempt organization, the Truman National Security Project is required to file tax returns indicating whether any of its officers or key employees have a business relationship with any others. Though Breesma tapped Painter's public relations outfit while Biden was a member of the board, the Truman Project answered no, so they lied. It uh, further indicated that its officers had been briefed on their duty to disclose any conflicts of interest and that it was regularly and consistently monitoring compliance with the policy. Michael Breen, president and CEO, Human Rights um, First, who served as president and CEO of the Truman Project, when the tax returns were filed and who was identified on them as the individual who possesses the organization's books and records did not respond to phone calls or comments. Truman Fellows can now be found throughout D.C. foreign policy establishment. Former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright, Senators Chris Coons of Delaware, Tammy Duckworth of Illinois, Kamala Harris of California, and former Undersecretary of Defense for Policy Michelle Flournoy um, are board members of its sister organization, the Truman Center for National Policy. The Truman National Security Project's current president and CEO, Jenna Ben-Yahuda, whose contact information is not publicly listed on the organization, but you can see her ugly mug on YouTube, did not respond to request via Twitter for an appropriate point of contact for media inquiry. It's okay, I got the mump right now. I'm ugly too. A page listing uh, the group's membership is currently under construction, according to the group's website and the email address listed for press inquiries. It was inoperative. On Tuesday, even before his disappointing fifth place finish in New Hampshire, <laughs> this article was written prior to the election, Joe Biden fled the state uh, for South Carolina, where he's hoping African-American voters will revive his flagging campaign. And he won. <laughs> if that hope proves futile, um, it will be in part because of the perception that, as Vice President Biden either used his name and influence to help friends and family or look the other way while they did so at places like Burisma and the Truman National Security Council. 
As of June 2017, it is composed of 16 chapters from 17 different states across the nation and claims more than 1,600 members. It's more than that now. It supports American leaderships using its defense and diplomacy in the world and issues involving in shared security and democracy promotion abroad. Many of its members are former or current military personnel, diplomats, foreign policy lobbyists, and political activists. The Truman Project has been cited for giving the impression that it is bipartisan and independent while being supportive of the democrat party and highly progressive highly progressive okay so that was some of the tea on hunter biden for those of you who may have been interested let's take a look at a little bit more now this next article i want to share with you guys is actually going to be looking at um sorry i'm going to fix my little peacock here um is actually going to be looking at how this progressive um how this progressive organization infiltrated uh, basically the state department because um, the main thing is the uh, Trojan horse. Um, This is like one of those Trojan horses. They come across as this type of organization, but they have a very different operational pattern going on beneath the surface. Um, And, and they've been pushing this all along right in plain view without us even being aware of it. Now, this article came from uh, Lima Charlie news. Uh, First I heard of it. Like um, there, like I said, I was, I was, Though not many of us know about this organization until now, like I I found out about it, like I said, through Tori says, and as I explained, this was another layer under the onion. And she explained, you know, going below the Council on Foreign Relations, going below the Atlantic Council and all that stuff. These are this is the group they get invited to. Right. Um, People have known about them. People have written about them as being as exposing them for this progressive think do tank that they are that and they're highly I mean, somehow they're highly weaponized or they're highly funded. You have to wonder where their money is coming from. Um, But let's see what this article says. It says tucked away on the fifth floor of a high-rise overlooking Franklin Square in Washington, D.C., the Truman National Security Project hides in plain sight, serving as a catalyst for young progressives eager to move the country away from neoconservative values. While the group has uh, begun as more a traditional foreign publicly policy think tank, Truman has evolved into an incubator for like-minded military veterans, political operatives, and policy wonks determined to shape foreign policy into a more progressive mold. Founded in 2005 by Dr. Rachel Kleinfeld and Matthew Spence, Truman serves as a left-leaning counterpart to think tanks like the American Enterprise Institute and the Heritage Foundation. By 2011, Truman had grown to an organization with $4 million in funding from influential groups like the Carnegie Endowment Fund and Herbert and Marion Sandler. By 2016, Truman's membership has reached over 15,000 or 1,500, many of which are military veterans. Truman's board of advisors include former Security uh, Secretary of State Madeleine Albright, former Secretary of Homeland Security Janet Lapolitano, and former Secu- uh, Secretary of Defense Leon Panetta. I mean, if that weren't enough of a list, I don't know what is. Jesus, these people, like these these people, are like, whoa, those are the ones. Um, they're they're among the worst um 
so like I said, they, they're they really pushing a lot. We're going to get into a lot of that doublespeak. They're talking about defending America and American values and our country. They're not talking about the same America, these United States of America that we're talking about. They're talking about their shadow corporate government America. That's what they're talking about in this doublespeak. When you hear people like uh, Madeleine Albright or Napolitano or any of them talking about that stuff, when you hear Biden and even talking about they're not talking about, they're talking about the corporate hidden America that they serve that is taking over usurping our land in treason and uh, selling us down the river to become a third world country and just subserving again like we would have been had we not gotten away in the first place from the crown and whatever force is behind her and behind it but anyways okay so back to this Truman trains its members, uh, it just goes into explain. Truman trains its members in foreign policy, defense, and national security issues and provides media and communications training to spread its message. Truman also provides one-on-one training sessions for members of Congress, as well as veterans and military families outreaching outreach training. Members are expected to demonstrate activism through policy, communication, or political expertise and military, NGO, or secretary security expertise, with typical members joining the organization in their late 20s to early 40s. Um, They... uh, I think you'll caught, they were doing, they're, they're pushing for a national youth service, like a national youth service. We covered that a little bit ago, uh, but they are with this whole, um, this whole second double speak They're They're getting veterans. Like they're going after the veterans to join their ranks so that this way they can get that, um, they can get that, um, I guess you could say, uh, support as well. Um, and, and, that's because we have so many veterans out here that know better, you know, like you saw the massive crowds throughout the entire election season. You saw the amounts of veterans. You, you know what president Trump and his administration did for the veterans and how he put them first. So these guys are smart. They, as we saw in that manual, they're, they're planning at local levels and that's what they're really going for as well. They're also targeting our veterans to make sure. And I have a website here that we'll take a look at that as well in a little bit. Um, But let's go ahead and finish up here. It says uh, the organization, current leadership points to discussions of climate change as a major national security issue rather than solely an environmental or economic concern as one such example. In 2013, Truman unveiled a new strategy of running candidates for political office as well as encouraging its members to engage more fully in the political process. This added strategy has given rise to the term think, do, tank. As traditional think tanks focus on mostly uh, policy, research, and advocacy, Truman staff and members are seeking to affect policy by holding the offices that create and vote on it. The group has also provided support for the Clinton campaign and down-ballot progressive nominees. According to Breen, the signature of Truman politics is that we do the hard work that isn't flashy, the grunt work, like knocking on doors. We had get out of the vote efforts. They're the ones who did get out the vote. Oh, my God. Okay, do y'all know get out the vote? That was the effort. That was the campaign that all of the celebrities did. All of the celebrities were doing get out the vote. All the musicians, the Lady Gaga's, the the Linda Perry's. Oh, wait, not Linda Perry. <laughs> my bad. Linda Perry's someone else. Uh, it's four on blondes. Um, the Katy Perry's <laughs> and stuff like that. And then the celebrities... They're doing so. Now we know. Here we go. We're back to it. 
Get out the vote. You know, I mean, also there were other there were other groups that were doing get out the vote too. Uh, we had those um, we had those uh, the sunshine the sunshine uh, movement that we we had also did a special report on back in the day. Uh, again, a Tory says exclusive that uh, we took advantage of. Um, that one, they they were also doing get out the uh, get out the vote um, efforts. So I, I was all across, but there you go. You know, it just goes to show all of these are tied together. I wouldn't doubt that the Truman uh, National Security Project somehow funnels into these left organizations that are planning this coup. Uh, wouldn't it be something to find a connection there? Um, okay, so let's see. Um, in 2016, 48 Truman members ran for elected office at the local and national level through the organization, though the organization declined to formally endorse those members. So to date, Truman has formally endorsed candidates in four U.S. Senate races, including Kamala Harris of California, Katie McGinty of Pennsylvania, Michael Bennett of Colorado, and Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire. We need to know who our representatives are that work with Truman. Joaquin Castro, Boy, the more I dig on you, the more I don't like you. Three Truman members will be on the ballot for federal office this November. Again, this is an old article. Uh, Josh Gottheimer, New Jersey. Seth Moulton, Massachusetts. And John Plum, New York, are all running for U.S. House of Representatives. Moulton, in particular, presents one of the largest examples of what Truman has accomplished through the political process. A former Marine Corps officer, Moulton has already found his way into Congress, representing Massachusetts' 6th Congressional District. Seth Moulton has said it would be the responsibility of the military to disobey Donald Trump if he were to become president. Trump has openly supported the use of torture and killing suspects, uh, suspected terrorist families as tactics to combat terrorism. Now, one thing that I've found with these guys also is they lie. They lie. Like you heard, you heard Trump saying, we never, we never heard anything about uh, journalists being killed. Who got killed, right? Like they all lie. Trump really supports uh, torture and killing suspected terrorist family members. Really? Really? Did we see that at all in the last four years? Uh, let's see. Does the pre does the future prove the past on this one? I guess that's why these guys aren't on the cue boards, because they'd be totally wrong. Um, yeah, that's wrong. So it gives you an idea of the animus also that these people had against and I'm not, I don't even need to say Trump, the animus that these people have against America, the animus that these people have against our way of life, our freedom, and what this country stands for, these people, them. Okay, <laughs> so let's see what we're going to cover next. So that's a little bit about how they were becoming this force to contend with in um uh, in washington dc i want to start talking a little bit more about some of the people that are in there now this one was from 2016 and it talked about some of the people that were elected to office so what do we have in 2020 you might be wondering well in 2020 there were 31 truman members elected in the 2020 general election. All right, guys, get out your notebooks because we need to see, let's see who these people are. We're excited to announce that 31 Truman members were elected into the office in the 2020 general election. All right, so we have uh, Tanya Anderson, Defense Counsel, 
She's a Georgia State Senator, 43rd District. All right, Georgia, Tanya Anderson, go after her. Lacey Beattie of the Defense Council is now the mayor of Beaverton, Oregon. Oregon, your mayor over there in Beaverton, got to do something about her. Mark Berman, he was a political partner, California State Representative from the 24th District. Mark Berman, California State Rep. Jeff Bridges, Colorado State Representative, 26th District. All right, another Truman. Woo, we need that little clapping noise, right? That little uh, graduation noise. Um, Eric Brine, Jamestown, Rhode Island Town Council. So he's going to be on the town council. Um, Jay Chen, uh, Mount San Antonio College Board of Trustees from the 5th District. Mount San Antonio? Uh, is that like... That's not San Antonio, San Antonio. San Antonio, I, to I told you guys, San Antonio was full of rats. I told you San Antonio's deep, San Antonio's dirty, San Antonio is, San Antonio is dirt. It's dirty. Like, we're a dirty, this town is dirty. Um, I'm not talking just about morally and ethically, like, they, they've got dirty people here. Like, I'm, I'm like, who's this Mount San Antonio? Anyways, okay, so... <laughs> Oh my God, it is San Antonio. Okay, so this guy must party with Joaquin Castro. Maybe that's why, maybe he was partying with Joaquin and that's why Joaquin looked like he was, okay guys, I'm, I mean, come on. I mean, I won't, I'm not the perfect host. I won't say I haven't had, um, <laughs> I would say I haven't had a, a, a nightcap before the show, but yeah, anyways, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna show that video anyways. Okay, so let me get back to this. Um, okay, where am I? Yeah. Definitely with San Antonio, this guy, this Jay Chen, okay, here, I got two of them, uh, Joe Courtney, U.S. Representative, 2nd District of Connecticut, Chris Coons, U.S. Senator from Delaware, Jason Crow, U.S. Representative from the 6th District of Colorado, Mike Fong, Los Angeles Community College District Board of Trustees from the seven districts. So you see, like China, they are all also making sure to incorporate, they're incorporating everywhere into our school systems, into college systems, to make sure that these policies pass. Um, because ultimately, like the political correct thing is going to be about control. And that's what they want, control. Jesse Gabrielle, or Gabriel, California State Representative, 45th District. Josh Gottheimer, U.S. Representative from the District of New Jersey, District 5. Kamala Harris, U.S. Vice President. Ooh, they got one of their people at the top. Leslie Herod, Colorado State Representative from 8th District. Adam Hines, Massachusetts State Senator. Scott Holcomb, Georgia State Representative from the 81st District. So you got two in Georgia. I'm sure if I were to type in Truman Security National Project or Truman National Security Project or something like that, or Truman Center, I'm sure people like Stacey Abrams' name might pop up. Um, Sarah Jacobs, U.S. Representative from 53rd District of California. They got a lot of California. David Nizek, uh, Wayne County Commissioner for the 8th District. Eric Lesser, Massachusetts State Senator from the District of First Hamden in Hampshire. Mike Levin, U.S. Representative for the 49th District of California. Uh, Ryan Mello, Pierce City Councilperson, 4th District for Tacoma, Washington. Seth Moulton, U.S. Representative from the 6th District of Massachusetts. Elena her parent, Elena Parent, the one that we caught counting ballots in Pennsylvania, who's from what? 
Georgia. Oh, Georgia. Elena Parent, the one that we caught counting fake ballots in Pennsylvania, who is a representative of state Georgia, is also a member of the Truman National Security Project. Hmm. Go figure. It kind of makes you wonder if maybe they uh, dreamed up the entire election uh, theft scheme. Maybe they're the ones who put together this highly diverse uh, um, um, election fraud group, you know? Oh, here's a familiar face. Ayanna Presley. Representative of Massachusetts Severant District. Uh, you all know she shaved her head in solidarity with, I don't know, some Momo from below the surfaces. Tobias Reed, Oregon State Treasurer. Henry Stern, California State Senator. Uh, Joe Tate, Michigan State Representative for the 2nd District. Todd Terry, DeKalb County Board of Commissioners for Georgia, 6th District. Uh, Chris Ward. Uh, California State Representative, 78th District. Mike Weissman, Colorado State Representative for the 36th District. Marnie Von Wilpert, San Diego City Council from the 5th District. Uh, so that those are the 31 people that, have, as of 2020, are part of the Truman National Council and were elected into positions so um that's just these people are they're moving and you guys recognize these faces you guys know some of their stories a lot of these people we do not know a lot of these people we have never heard of and that's why i'm reading these names because um it might shine a little light or plant a seed of light on a name that someone maybe someone listening at a future point on on one of our our uh, podcasts will recognize these names but these are the ones that are elected to offer as state representatives and senators, city councilmen, that's that's uh, that's something to be concerned about, y'all. That's something to definitely be aware of. So now there's that here. Um, here's some more um, some more images of more people involved in Truman leadership. This is from the Truman Center. Of course, we've heard some of these people. I'll, I'll read some Robert J. Abernathy, uh, Madeline Albright, uh, Jenna Ben-Yehuda, Coit uh, Blacker, Terry Gamble Boyer. Um, let's see here. Alice Chang, Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> uh, Stephen Cohen, Chris Coons, Joe Courtney, No Doyle, no, Noah Doyle, Naomi Eagle, um, John Driscoll, uh, let's see, Mary Fetchett, Nathan Fletcher, Stephen Elmendorf, Eric Fanning, uh, Michelle Flournoy, um, Letitia Garriott Decau. Sorry, I'm not Cajun. Um, here's one that I was extremely surprised to see, y'all, because this woman got shot for her beliefs. Gabrielle Giffords is a Truman Center fellow. That woman was shot in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, for defending the Second Amendment. And she is now a Truman Fellow, Gabrielle Giffords. I was shocked to see Sherry Goodman, uh, Craig Hansen, Kamala Harris, Gary Hart, uh, Tiffany Husky, Adam Hitchcock, Kathleen Hicks, Lucas Haynes, um, Karen Cornoyle Tambor. Um, the list goes on. Let's see if there's any other names here that I think should stand out a little. Uh, you can go and see. I mean, this, uh, like I said, I found out about the Wayback Machine when I was doing this research. I cannot believe that thing is real. 
I'm going to figure out how to use the Wayback Machine, but that's probably the only way that you're going to be able to see some of these people at a time because who knows, this stuff may all shoot, uh, shut down. Uh, Holly Page, Steve Myers, Janet Napolitano, Leon Panetta, Stuart Patrick, Sally Painter. Um, these are some familiar names, a lot of unfamiliar names that we have not heard of. Alec Ross, and, and uh, they're planting them everywhere. Matthew Spence, uh, Courtney B. Spaeth, um, Hunter Show. <laughs> Doug Wilson, Damon Wilson. Okay, so that's a little bit more about them. I just want to show you a little bit more faces of some of these people. Um, here's from the Wayback Machine. <laughs> yes, the Wayback Machine. I cannot believe this thing is real. I thought people were making fun of, like, I don't know, doing being really good at searching the internet. Like, when, when they said they used the Wayback Machine, I thought they meant that they were able to search the internet really well. I didn't realize there was an actual website called the Wayback Machine. Okay, so... Stephen Bailey, Michael Breen, President and CEO. This is Hunter Biden right here. Uh, Rick Pierre Cho, Honorable Stephen Israel, Mark Lindsay. This is from back then. John P. Driscoll. He's been there with, there with him for a while. Uh, Matthew Spence, uh, Jake Sullivan, and Wedner. Um, so that's some more names, 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 dropping names. Okay, now here's one that I talked about earlier. Um, we uh, we actually covered this story on the C report. It was one in one of our first reports about Biden's new State Department spokesperson. Uh, she said that the largest threat to United States national security are United States cops. In 2016, Facebook post Jelena Porter. The newly named deputy spokesperson for the United States State Department under the Biden administration wrote that American police posed the largest national security threat. Um, that was from PM.com Post Millennial. Um, this woman is a member of the Truman National Security uh, Project. Um, I was like, what? Really? Okay, so how is this... <laughs> Uh, I mean, we didn't even know. We didn't even know. We just did the story because we thought this was ridiculous. Now you see the kind of people that they're bringing in in that um, in that uh, that booklet that I shared with you guys at the beginning or at the middle of this. I don't know where that was. Um, that's all it was about. It was all about race. It was all about uh, fairness. It was all about political correctness. And it was all about making the State Department in that image. Um, it's going to be all about control is what it's going to boil down to in the end. Okay. Where are we now? Um, let's see. We're, we're almost near the end here, guys. Okay, so there's a few more things. I'm going to show you guys a few more things. Um, I also wanted to make sure that we got to include a little bit of the military involvement in Truman. Um, at, for example, at a presentation that they were giving, um, it was a bicameral task force on climate change is what it was called. So this is military's involvement with this bicameral change founded in January 2013. It focuses on drawing congressional and public attention to climate change and developing effective policy responses to this urgent challenge. The current co-chairs are Representative Henry A. Waxman, uh, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, <clears throat> Representative Bobby L. Rush, Senator Ben Cardin, and Representative Earl Blumenauer, and Senator Ed Markey. 
Um, and it says, uh, the people who are participating in this event, Brigadier General Gerald Galloway, United States Army, retired, Glenn L. Martin, Institute Professor of Engineering, Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering and Affiliate Professor, School of Public Policy, Brigadier General Stephen Cheney, uh, United States Marine Corps, retired, Chief Executive Officer of the American Security Project, and former Captain John Gensler, United States Army Truman National Security project fellow so again it goes into the military too and this is going to lead into something else i promise you guys okay so that's an example of this now here's some more things i'd found um in the united states court of appeals the fourth ninth uh for the ninth circuit now we all know about the ninth circuit it's the circuit that president donald trump was actually able to penetrate with a conservative judge or two um but this was a primarily uh, progressive circuit of appeals court that you would send cases to that you wanted to go your way if you were the deep state um but uh, i found this in here as well uh uh, let me see if I can read this real quick. Uh, Amicus Truman National Security Institute is a nationwide nonprofit 501c3 organization. Um, oh, this talks about, I wanted to re uh, read this to you. So it tells you about some of their membership. The Truman Project's headquarters in Washington, D.C. The project has 25 full-time staffers and approximately 1,000 active members nationwide, including two chapters in California. The project's members include 550 Truman Fellows who are national security policy experts. 550 of them, 320 partners who are political professionals, and 30 veterans uh, leadership, 30 veterans leadership ac academy graduates, young veteran leaders, and hundreds of military roundtable members, veterans engaged in Truman's advocacy, advocacy campaign. So if you remember some of the uh, commercials about like some of the troops that were against Donald Trump and stuff like that, that's kind of where you would expect this to come from. The Truman Project provides like those like those six. It was like six service members who had something to say about Donald Trump. And that that was it. And and the left tried to push this as a campaign of the military turning on President Trump. But it was just like a video of like six people. Anyways, the Truman Project provides the skills, knowledge and network to create an influential force of leaders across the country who advance strong national security policy national security now whose national security not ours um so anyways that was a little bit about that uh there's a little bit more in this article it, it, this is actually a uh, like an official document honestly um okay let's see where we're at here okay advisory okay so this one had to do with um advisory oh this was that bicameral thing that i had just shared with you guys so i don't need to because uh i put it on the big screen because it's easier to read now this was their uh youtube page again i showed you guys this a little bit earlier with some of that other stuff i'm going to show you guys a few more photos uh some people i found uh for example um, is uh here we go uh kathleen hicks former principal deputy undersecretary of defense for policy in the obama administration from 2012 to 2013 she's involved with truman um let's see tehran sims the second u.s army iraq veteran um black lives matter this is uh, another one of the projects that they uh support and fund and one of the ideals that they implement on uh tamara kaufman witz Brookings Institute Middle East Policy Senior Fellow, author Freedom's Unsteady March. Um, let's see. Oh, we have some of the videos. Okay. So 
we're pretty much wrapping up on this, guys. Like, uh, I showed you a lot of information on this organization and who some of these people are. So I'm going to wrap it up with a little bit of levity. <laughs> I was tickled when I saw this because I'll never forget when I won. Well, I don't even know if it's going to play. We'll see. Um, this is ridiculous. Um, I'll never forget when I saw I was watching this live and that was the uh, the um, impeachment hearings. Uh, in regards to the whistleblower, um, Adam Schiff, and uh, they're trying, if you guys remember the scenario, they're trying to, they're trying to make sure that they're trying to question these people on who the whistleblower may be, but they can't tell you who the whistleblower is. They have to protect the whistleblower, which you would think that whistleblowers are automatically protected regardless, right? But they they can't name it. Now, what we know the real thing that was going on there was, because again, this is just a little bit of the scandal. Like, they go back into the dossier stuff too. Like I said, this is literally like the Church of Hillary Clinton and Trump derangement syndrome. Like these are the these are this is this is this is the flock. This is the flock. This, these are the people. These are the believers. If you look at their videos and watch how they talk and 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 read some of their stuff, you, they're brainwashed guys. Like they're just totally nutso. They're brainwashed people. Um, but uh, this whole thing with the Vindman, Vindman, if you guys remember, he was the the wussy pussy foot pussy willow, just like this weasel weasel of of a uh, uh, a serviceman uh lieutenant colonel i think because uh, he corrects one of the uh one of the uh people later on in, in that regard but um that's that's this exchange right here they actually this is this is what this is the kind of people that they are this is what they value they actually gave this man an award so <laughs> Let me see. Let me see if it'll play a little bit of this. And then I was tickled because I remember thinking that this Vinman guy was such an idiot. I remember thinking he was such a moron and he was such a terrible liar and he was such a wussy and he had no backbone. He had no courage. He had no moral fortitude. Um, and and like they give him an award. Now, keep now. This is a video I'm going to show you guys this is a good example of that double speak that I was talking about where it's like, oh, well, who are you talking about? Oh, they're not talking about our America, baby. They're talking about their America. They're talking about their shadow, corporate, anti-America, America. That's what they're talking about. So let's see if it'll play it. Uh, we might be lucky. I look forward to following Alexander's career with great interest. But first, I'm so glad and honored to have the opportunity to present uh, Alexander Vindman with the Truman Award for Extraordinary Moral Courage in Public Service. And I'll now read the citation. For extraordinary dedication to the ideals of our nation, even when acting on those ideals threatened his career and when doing so placed his family in jeopardy. For holding faith with the greatest tradition of the American Armed Forces, which holds that every officer's duty is neither to party nor politician, but to our nation and its ideals. For serving as an inspiration for all of us to live up to our constitution, we present the Truman Award for Exceptional Moral Courage in Public Service to Lieutenant Colonel Retired Alexander Vindman. Alex, I hope that in some small way, this demonstrates to you that America is keeping faith with you as you have kept faith with her. Congratulations.
Thank you, Dr. Florent. Thank you very much. Okay, and I'm not going to let him because we're gonna we're gonna play the. I'm just so you get an example of these people. Like this guy, totally. He was about. To, we're gonna watch it. We're gonna watch it, and we'll wrap with this just so you can see what kind of people these people are. Um, because they're involved at the top. Like these are their people at the top. They were there at the impeachment hearings. They were behind a lot of this stuff. This is just this is just where a lot of it thinks and then it gets activated. They they think do. This is what they do, right? So I'm not gonna play this Lieutenant Vinman here because he should practice his speech. He's a terrible cold reader. It's it's disgusting. But let's watch this because this is classic. This is classic. This is some of that good old drama that we got during the Trump administrations about this is uh, about the ratings, right? This is what he was doing for them. I'm sure they miss him now. Um, but um, I'll never forget when I saw this. And so I had to pull this up when um, I saw that they awarded Vinmin this. Just watch this. Colonel Vinman, did you discuss the July 25th phone call with anyone? Okay, I'm going to let it buffer just a little bit because I want this to play through. Oh, great. Okay, let's see what's up. Went outside the White House on July 25th or the 20th. All right, let me shrink the screen and we'll play it. They just don't want me to play this. Okay. 26th, and if so, with him. Yes, I did. Uh, my core function is to coordinate. I couldn't help myself, sorry. U.S. government policy, interagency policy, and I spoke to two individuals. Oh, come on. All right, guys, I'm sorry. It's doing it again. This is frustrating. Okay. I should have just played it. Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, did you discuss the July 25th phone call? outside the White House on July 25th or the 26th? And if so, with whom? Yes, I did. Uh, my core function is to coordinate U.S. government policy, interagency policy, and I spoke to two individuals with regards to uh, providing a some, some sort of readout of the call. Two individuals that were not in the White House? Not in the White House, cleared U.S. government officials with a, with a appropriate need to know. And what agencies uh, were these officials with? Department of State, um, Department of State uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary George Kent, 
who is responsible for the, uh, the, the portfolio uh, Eastern Europe, including Ukraine, and a individual from the office of uh, uh, individual in the intelligence community. Uh, what, uh, as you know, the intelligence community has 17 different agencies. Uh, what agency was this individual from? If I could interject here. Boom! These proceedings, it's our time. I know, Mr. Chair. But we need to protect the whistleblower. Boom! Uh, if, please stop. People are upset. I want to make sure that uh, there's no effort to out the whistleblower uh, through the use of these proceedings. Shut up, Adam Schiff! Has a good faith belief. Oh, he looks like a he looks like a serpent. He looks like a viper. The identity of the whistleblower. He looks like a snake. That is not the purpose that we are here for, and I want to advise uh, the witness accordingly. So now Vinman's off the hook, Mr. Vinman. Now he gets a chip on his shoulder. In your deposition, that you did not know the whistleblower. Uh, Rank member, Excel Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, please. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vinman. Oh, now he's getting his. (laughs) In the deposition, that you did not know who the whistleblower was or is. i do not know who the whistleblower is that is well, how is it possible for you to name these people and then out the whistleblower i'm sorry i have to pause it the drama is just too much for me okay so adam schiff this this oh this guy this i cannot stand this man okay and stops him because, you know, if he were to have said he told John Brennan at the CIA, he would have been like, wait a minute. So let's go ask John Brennan. And then John Brennan would have been like, oh, I'm sorry. It was not a whistleblower. It was a wiretap that came from the 702s. Hello. Okay. So this guy is a weasel. He's got no backbone. He's got no moral scruples. He's got no scruples. Like... And he's a twin. Blech. Like, and Devin Nunes is like, oh my God, <laughs> you heard the crowd. You heard the crowd. This, these were, these were the times worth seeing. Like I was, I was, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, this guy is a moron. I cannot believe this idiot. Per the advice of my counsel, I've, I've been ah! advised not to answer specific questions about members of the intelligence community. This is. The, are you aware that this is the intelligence committee that's conducting an impeachment hearing? Of course, I am. Wouldn't the appropriate place for you to come to to testify would be the intelligence committee about someone within the intelligence community? Duh. Right, member for the advice of my counsel and the instructions from the chairman. I've been advised. What a jabroni! On who I've spoken to inside the intelligence. What committee. an idiot! Well, this is, uh, I mean, you can really, you can plead the fifth, but you're here to answer questions and you're here under subpoena. Uh, so you can either answer the question or you can plead the fifth. Uh, excuse me. Uh, on behalf of my client, we are, uh, following the rule of the committee, rule of the chair with regard to this issue. And this does not call for an answer that is invoking the fifth or any theoretical issue like that. We're following the ruling of the chair. 
What, Counselor, what ruling is that? I, I could interject. Here comes Counselor Adam Schiff again. Whistleblower has the right, statutory right to end it. It's just Adam Schiff. These proceedings will not be used to out the whistleblower. And, and I've advised my client accordingly, and he's going to follow the ruling of the chair. If there's a alternative or you want to work something out with the chair, that's up to you, Mr. News. Well, we've attempted to subpoena the whistleblower to sit for a deposition. Uh, the chair has tabled that motion and then has been unwilling to recognize those motions. They're sitting side by side. Few days of this impeachment inquisition process. Well, that'll go to Mr. Castro. Oh, God. I... Man, I miss those days almost. <laughs> I mean, I don't, but yeah, that was that was some intense stuff. Do you guys remember that? Do y'all guys remember that? That was some fun stuff back in the day. Um, I mean, these guys were outing themselves left and right. They were outing themselves left and right with the impeachment. Of course, we knew what was going on. The general public, okay, two-thirds of the country, I'll take one-third, because one-third is way more than 3%, which starts the revolution. Two-thirds of the country don't know what the hell is going on with this impeachment hearing. They didn't see that snake in the bush, Adam Schiff and his shifty-shift eyes, uh, and all the things that they were doing. And then they go and give an award to this idiot Vindman. So it just goes to show you what kind of people they're investing in, you know, and they already have people all over the place. Like th their team is running the White House right now. We're watching them. The lights are on them. We are watching the deep state in action. And we have found the church of their believers in the Truman National Security Project, the Truman National Project, the Truman Center, TruCon, whatever you want to call it. It's all under this guise, this Trojan horse of Harry Truman. But as you can see, as we pointed out at the beginning of this presentation, even Harry Truman had these covert operations, these uh, Trojan horse type things going on. And it was formalized by the National Security Council during his administration. So it's fitting. And just like Truman was trying to change the State Department back then in the 1940s and 50s, they are doing it now. And it seems like they are successful because after all, they do have heads. They do, they do have plants in the media as well. But I mean, that remains to be seen for now. We have the lists of these people who are involved. We have the elected representatives who are put in office, not just as senators and as representatives, but also as council members and as mayors and governors. Get on it, people. Like, y'all know what? Now y'all know. Someone else needs to be talking about this. It was brought to our attention, again, by ToriSays.com, but Truman National Security Council seems to be where the root of a lot of these things are going as far as policy and uh, action goes in their legislative moves. This is where their bureaucracy, their paperwork is stemming from. This is their think tank. This is where they're organizing. This is the helm of it. Um, and then it just goes out from there. And of course, all the other organizations, they all seem to come back to Truman at this point. Something to look about. I hope this has been an interesting discourse for you guys out there in Twitch land. I thank you all for joining me. And um, we will be back 
Uh, I was going to do um, a round of news tonight, but this this presentation went two hours long, so I might take the night off. I might do one tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but in the meantime, we will have a Q&A Holes podcast show. The Saturday night show will be live tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central Time. So make sure to join us then on Q&A Holes podcast. We definitely love the company. Tell your friends and let everyone know about it. But till then, guys, we will see y'all next time. Y'all guys, stay good. Stay good because America, don't forget, we still love you and we're not going to forget you. Have a good night, y'all. Thank you.